Welcome to the Castaway Consultants Podcast, where three nobodies tell you how to play Survivor. Excuse me, sir. We are super fans, and we know everything. Well, I mean, at least one of us is a super fan. That would be you, Ryan. Yes. But yeah, we are the Castaway Consultants, and we are here to tell all future Survivor players how to win the game and what the current Survivor players did wrong. Or right. Or right. Sometimes they do something right. Between the three of us, I mean, we've seen this show many times over, and we talk about it probably an unhealthy amount and decided, you know what? Let's go for it. Let's record these conversations. Yeah. I'm Ryan Stacy. I am a huge super fan of the show. I've seen it, you know, I'm working on my third rewatch of the entire show, so I know basically everything and always know what I'm talking about, most likely. Oh, oh yes. That's, that's cute. And I am Josh Wessler. You haven't heard my voice yet, but I have watched almost every season. There's a chunk of like uh, six or seven in the middle there that I have not watched yet. I'm working my way through, but I still consider myself a near super fan. I still don't count myself a super fan until I've watched every season, but it'll happen soon. And then my name is Derek Kubicek, future Survivor contestant. And I've seen uh, a lot of the earlier seasons now, and I've seen season 26 up through current and have been dedicated and a super fan ever since then. I am going to go back and watch all the seasons here eventually, but for right now, I'm just a modern Survivor super fan. This episode, we're going to be talking about the premiere of Island of the Idols. The, the first episode, we just watched it, just aired, so this is going to be real raw, real fresh. We haven't had a ton of time to process what happened. We all have, we all took notes, but you know, it, this is the same night. Just to kind of prep you for what this po- what to expect from this podcast, we are going to be going through uh, each time an episode airs, giving us a little recap on what we think about players' decisions in the game and whether or not it was the right decision and the wrong decision. So we're going to be talking about what we saw in this episode. We're going to give out our official winner picks and talk about who was the best player of the episode and who did the worst job. Besides the person you got voted out. Before we jump into it, because I mean, guys, we have a lot to unpack on this episode, but I want to just lay out a couple qualifiers for this podcast. First of all, we know that we're given less than 1% of 1% of what happens on the island. The edit spoon feeds us a certain narrative, but unfortunately, that's really all we have to go off of. We have to be able to trust that the editors are giving us a fair narrative, and they address this quite a bit over the years, but we only have what we have. Two. We know that we've never played Survivor, so a lot of what we're saying is likely easier in theory than it is in practice. We get that. We're the peanut gallery. But that being said, just because a coach can't play football doesn't mean that the coach doesn't necessarily know what they're talking about. We did play the Survivor board game. Yes, and you always lose. I always lose. And it's basically the exact same thing as playing real Survivor. Yeah, basically, yes. Because Ryan would also be the first one to vote (laughs) out if he actually played Survivor. Oh, And then the third and final qualifier is that we recognize there's a fair amount of chance in Survivor. We're going to talk about that, but the player skill and decisions within their control are going to be the focus of ire and judgment should it arise. Or praise. So with that being said, I want to just start with a really quick question for you guys. Going into the season, Island of the Idols, we're fresh off of Edge of Extinction. What were your thoughts going in? We didn't know anything. We knew that Rob and Sandra were coming back, but what were your thoughts on this theme? I thought this was another BS twist, and I wasn't happy about it. And I I was ready for more of a, a traditional raw game of Survivor. So having a new twist, uh, I wasn't a huge fan of, but I like to give everything a chance once. Uh, and then I'll make my decision based off of it. Island of the Idols so far after the first episode 
it it honestly was not exactly what I was expecting, but there's plenty of season left, so I'm very, very, very cautiously optimistic about Same. it. I agree. I'm cautiously optimistic at this point. I had a pretty bad taste in my mouth following the result of Edge of Extinction. I thought that season was fun for the most part to watch, but not so much fun at the end. That being said, I always do try to keep uh, a positive, upbeat attitude to motivate me to get forward with whatever it is that I'm trying to do. So cautiously optimistic going in is probably the best way I can describe it. But I think overall, we were all a little bit shocked at the end of Edge of Extinction. So it was... A little disheartening to see a new twist. Yeah. Ryan, why don't you take us through the cast list really quickly? Okay. So we'll start with the Lyra tribe. And just real quickly, uh, I'll just run through the name, uh, what they do, and where they're from. So we have Aaron, a gym owner from Connecticut. Chelsea, a digital content creator from New Jersey. Dean, a tech sales guy from New Jersey. Elaine, a factory worker from Kentucky. Elizabeth, an Olympic medalist from Rhode Island. Karishma, a... Personal injury lawyer from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Missy, an Air Force veteran from Georgia. Ronnie, a pro poker player from Massachusetts. Tom, who is our very first Canadian, uh, who's from uh, Ontario. Good for him. Very first Canadian on Survivor. Uh, he's a former NHL player. Vince, a admissions counselor from California. And then over on the Vokai tribe in purple, we have Dan, a talent manager from New York City. Jack, a graduate student from Virginia. Jamal, a college administrator from New Jersey. Janet, a chief lifeguard from New Jersey. Jason, a personal injury lawyer from New York City. Kelly, an MBA student from California. Lauren, a nanny from Michigan or California. It says both. Weird. Molly, a law student from Massachusetts. Nora, an entrepreneur from both London, England, and Maryland. That's interesting. Welcome to the U.S. Yeah. And Tommy, a fourth grade teacher from New York. So that's our cast. So what are your uh, initial thoughts on the cast? I really like this cast. Uh, we got to see a little bit of almost everybody. Uh, the only person I don't really remember getting anything from is Dean. But Purple I, Dean. Purple Dean. But everybody else we got something from, and I'm very happy with this cast. Yeah, usually there's a couple of people who are left out, and you can kind of tell already that they're going to be non-factors for the season. I, I can't pick anyone out who I can clearly tell is going to be a non-factor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not uncommon for somebody to just not have an appearance in an episode. So they, I don't think it means anything that Dean wasn't really in this one. No. And in terms of first impressions, I really like how the 90-minute premiere allowed us to hear a little bit about strategy from everyone. Because sometimes certain players are just painted as clueless or in over their heads. And, yeah, you know, to some extent, maybe that did happen with some of these contestants. But... For the most part, I feel like everyone was given a, a fair shake to speak on camera, again, except for Purple Dean. Yep. So, yeah, I'm, I'm encouraged. I'm, I'm a fan of this cast, so I'm, I'm excited. So let's get into this episode. Um, we don't need to talk about absolutely everything because we're assuming you watched the episode too, but we'll, we'll talk about all the big stuff and the funny moments along the way. But one of the first things I noticed was when they arrived on the beach that we didn't get an actual marooning. They just kind of go to the beach, and that's happened before. But uh, they all walk onto the beach and they see the logo for the season, Island of the Idols. And Chelsea immediately won me over by saying, oh, no. <laughs> the exact thing that everyone's thinking. Oh, great. More twists. Yep. So I, I love Chelsea already. That, from that moment, she's like my spirit animal and highly in contention for my winner pick just because of that. And let's think about this from an edit perspective, too. The editors, I feel, felt the audience's fatigue and that was their first confessional was, oh, no, 
idols. So good on you for at least lulling me into a false sense of security. We'll see where the season goes, yeah. but I, I am lulled. And then the next thing, uh, and like I said, this is the Lyro tribe. Uh, the other thing we get from Lyra right off the bat is Tom admitting freely that he's a former NHL player. Just freely giving away that information. Usually people cover that stuff up. And since he's a Canadian former NHL player, this would have been something that's super easy to cover up. No one, especially I think he's, what, like 60-ish yeah. years old? No one's going to recognize you unless you're Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're all from Minnesota, and we love hockey, but... I, I, feel, I don't know this guy. I don't know this guy, <laughs> and most of the rest of the U- U.S. doesn't know hockey that well. So you could you could lie the entire time. I I don't know if this is a good play by it's him. It's not because people are going to assume you're rich. Yeah, that doesn't. It's not a good thing. And, for and even if assume. you're not rich, anyone could say, "Oh, you used to be rich." Yeah, and, and you blew you, it. You blew it. You had your chance. Yeah, he needed to say, "Oh, maybe he worked in the NHL, like as, as a coach, in a coach or marketing or something." Yeah. Anything else? Because he definitely has is, the athletic, like, kind of stature. Yeah. And maybe you know, like, I played some college hockey, wasn't good enough. Just say something like that. You know, don't full out lie, but, you know, dodge the issue a little bit. Yeah. And then the other thing with Tom, he also was preaching discipline and hard work early on. This is something that can go really wrong on a very social tribe. Mm-hmm. It can immediately build a wall up between you and the rest of the tribe. And we kind of see that pretty early on with Aaron leading a, a cohort of seven while Elaine, Tom, and Vince are all off at uh, gathering coconuts or gathering firewood. This, this, is, this is Survivor 101. Try and stay with the majority at all times. If they're standing around doing nothing, stand around and do nothing. If they're working hard, work hard. Don't ever find yourself all, all alone. Don't find yourself in a minority off doing something. We see it all the time. Especially those first three days. You stay what, with whatever the majority is doing, you are there. You're in the majority. Because they might make a real quick alliance real fast while the others are gone. You need to be there for that. At least have your eyes on them. Because we know you have to do stuff around Cam. Yeah. But you need to be nearby. Yeah. But over on the Vokai tribe, we first get our look at Janet. She's an, an older woman mm-hmm. who immediately acknowledges her disadvantage in the game. Now... I think this all the time. We've discussed it amongst ourselves, but self-awareness is one of the most important attributes in Survivor. And Janet's going to do a couple things in this episode that really impressed me, and because we may not touch on it all, I'll just say it right here. She said that she was going to build fire, and then she did. Without flint. Without flint. Without flint. She pulled a Joey Amazing and made it with bamboo without flint. That is awesome. Show your worth. And then later on in the immunity challenge, she takes on the grappling hook, and she tosses it, and she gets it on the first try. While the other tribe was struggling with it. So it's a big risk, but in her position, she needs to be valuable today, not tomorrow. So I think for her, this was the best case scenario for her episode. Janet, props to you. I love everything that you've done so far. Yeah. uh, For older women, and sometimes older men, but especially older women on Survivor, I think the key here is you have to put yourself out there early and impress because otherwise people are just going to be like, oh, yeah, they're, you're like the default weakest. You need to prove you were not right off the bat. And she did an amazing job at that. And we basically say blend in if you're any, if you're anyone just because you don't want to be basically sticking out. Exact opposite for for any of uh, these people like Janet. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. They can't. They don't have that luxury, at least early in the game. They don't. Ryan, you once told me about playing Survivor. Don't act your age. If you are super young and immature... You need to try and be that middle age. 
or if you're super old, you probably shouldn't act like the stern mother, stern father, hardworking, whatever. Like Josh said, you gotta you gotta blend in. And you know who didn't do a very good job of blending in early on? Jason. Jason. Absolutely. Yeah, Jason immediately goes off looking for an idol, which we've seen it a million times. This is a terrible move on day one. Don't do this. And I feel kind of bad for him just because, and you don't really realize it right away, but everyone kind of notices it and spreads it because they're all playing the game really hard, really fast, which is a different conversation that I'm sure we'll get to. He got, got kind of caught in this weird spot because he spent maybe a half hour at most just out by himself when that could just be collecting wood. And then I didn't even realize it until he said it, but he's like, we've been out here like an hour. What are these people thinking? Like, no, I'm, I'm just out here. <laughs> They threw him under the bus. They went off on his own and got thrown under the bus. Even if he wasn't for looking for the idol, that's still bad. You just had to be so, I, so careful. I don't feel bad for him because he's an idiot. Uh, yeah, he, he made one decision that was really bad. I, I, I just feel bad that, it, it, that he's with this group of people that all kind of acted the same way and are playing so hard right out of the gate. But, uh, you know, and we'll talk about this more. I, I do think a lot of people are playing too hard out the gate, but this is like the one instance where I think this was justified. Mm-hmm. If you have a spot to throw somebody else under the bus, do it. And he mm-hmm. did it to himself. He shot himself in the foot. And Dan kind of like, he's kind of the leader of the other nine. And they're all like forming a coalition against him. Jason, you're on the outs. Bummer, dude. Don't give people an excuse to push you onto the outside. But then interestingly, every, the other nine are all kind of conspiring against Jason. But Nora decides to warn Jason that he's in trouble. And make, you know, just try and make an alliance with the guy on the outs. Which I think was incredibly dumb. Yeah, I, th- I think that's stupid unless you can also have a first alliance. Like, have have Jason be, like, your kind of, like, backup just in case your tribe doesn't decide to act on this initial mistake on his part so that you have that one guy who's going to be loyal to you and you can rope him into your maybe, like, core alliance of, say, like, four. I'd say be nice to him, but tipping him off that everybody's gunning for him, not what I would do here. And I think it's... <sighs> A good strategy to find an early scapegoat to get you through the first three days. A lot of things can go right and a lot of things can go wrong. You don't even know what the theme of the season is yet. I say if you find someone like Jason on your tribe, it's probably a good plan to let them dig their own grave. And Nora, you don't want to attach yourself to a sinking ship because... Best case scenario, nothing happens and he goes home. Worst case scenario, he goes to them and says, hey... She tipped me off that y'all are plotting against me, and now who's on the outs? It's like saving a drowning person. Don't do it because they're probably going to drag you down with them because they're panicking. Unless you're a lifeguard, of course. Well, you know, that's a whole other thing. I'm not a lifeguard. I'm not saving a drowning person. One one person I was really impressed with here was Tommy because we get a, a long segment of him bonding with basically everyone because he's a fourth grade teacher. It's important for him to bond with all of his students and be liked. You know, that's an important aspect of being a teacher. And Tommy bonds with basically everybody is a very impressive montage and it was uh it was really subtle but he said everyone was coming up to me because i feel like elaine has the opposite thing going on over on lyro she's going up to everyone and she is making it known that she's the social butterfly whereas tommy is more of a magnet i think this is if you're playing the social game the best way to lead things off it's it's two completely different scenarios tommy's just it, it, it kind of just falls into his lap just because of the type of person he is. Elaine knows. she She's, a like we said, self-aware. 
and she knows that she has to make these moves right out the gate because she might appear to be weaker. So she has to be that more social. Whereas Tommy probably is going to be pretty secure right away at the beginning just because he looks like he's a bit stronger. And then he's also just lucky that people are coming up to him and he's just socially like attracted here. Yeah. Back over on Lyro, Missy kind of pulls a girls' alliance together, gets the five women on board, and warns Elaine that she could be in trouble. Works every time. The women's alliance thing can be powerful if you can get it to work, so... You know, putting the planting the seats that early. And we've seen a lot of women's alliances or ideas of women's alliances fail yep. in recent seasons. It's always the threat. And I feel like the Black Widow Brigade probably forced this edit trope into every single season because it can be so dangerous. There's there's two very famous women's alliances in Survivor history. And in my opinion, the most terrifying alliances in Survivor history because I'm excluded from those because of my gender, which is terrifying. Absolutely, uh, and, and we should be. Yeah. Men should be scared of an all-women's alliance, and that's not drawing to gender too closely, but, I mean, for example, I mean, men have an inherent advantage in the beginning of the game because people want to keep the tribe strong. Mm-hmm. So the women getting together and deciding that strength doesn't matter, that is a legitimate concern. <laughs> not good. <laughs> it's going to play a huge factor in the end of the episode. Absolutely. Because, spoiler alert... A guy's going home here. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of spoilers, CBS spoiled who lost the immunity challenge here. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah, it just straight up showed going into going into it was kind of like a tease for the end of the episode, just like oh, like stay tuned for the rest of the Survivor, and they're showing them at Tribal. Just like, uh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> okay, Stupid. so over on Vokai, uh, Kelly, we find out she's kind of germaphobic. She doesn't like being touched, and Dan is a very touchy feely kind of guy. And Ke- Kelly's uncomfortable with it. Molly's uncomfortable with it. But then we get this interesting scene where Kelly kind of takes Dan aside. The two of them have a really long talk and shows some extreme maturity that would be great in, like, the workplace. This is really good real-life stuff. I don't like this for the game. I think Kelly should have just let Dan continue to annoy people. If people are, if somebody is annoying somebody with their behavior, let that person continue to dig their own grave. You can use it as ammo later. This is a great real-life moment. I don't think it's an awesome survivor moment or move. And here, I I actually don't think it's that bad of a move if you're going to kind of use it in order to pull him into being close with you. Sure. Uh, because she did the correct thing and did this off, just one-on-one, did not do this in a group setting. She didn't try to, like, single him out in front of him. Mm-hmm. And she also singled him out behind his back and was talking with other girls about, like, yeah, this this was uncomfortable. And then someone else said, yeah, I think it was Molly, yeah. said that, it, like, she was uncomfortable with it. They bonded over it threw him under the bus and he doesn't really even know about it so she kind of got both sides of it and got got the positive side of of both of it yeah it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out over on lyro people really like elaine she's got a great social game going on to the point where ronnie is scared of her and he's thinking if i go up against her in the end i'm gonna lose ronnie 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 this is too early to think about we've seen this plenty of times where somebody gets too worked up about a, a final three threat on the first day you're an, the game. you're an entire month ahead here. Yep. You got plenty of time to worry about this. Ronnie, you got to calm down, man. And I mean, how many times in Survivor history has someone won out immunity to win? It, I mean, it's happened a couple of times. But, but statistically know. speaking, they're going to lose eventually. Don't think about that right now. Right now, you need to, your priority is day four. This is way too early to worry about this. And Ronnie decides to fake bond with her to get her feeling safe and secure so he can vote her out. And she sees right through his BS. It's pretty great. 
Uh, it's really good for Lane. She's like, I need to get rid of this guy. He's gunning for me. That's some good intuition. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't know if I would have been able to tell. Great on Elaine's part. And I, I actually want to point out an edit here because we haven't talked about Sandra and Rob here yet. But Elaine says, I trust my gut. And my gut has this horrible feeling. And then later on Island of the Idols, Rob says, always trust your gut. Unless you're Lex. Unless you're Lex, uh, <laughs> season three, Africa, you know, don't don't trust your gut if you're Lex on that particular season. But I feel like that's intentional. You know, what is that setting us up for? Let's talk about the immediate shots before we get into more of Elaine and sure. what she's going to do. Sure. A couple of notes. Don't go down those slides face first. It's a really steep ramp. Like, I, I get going down face first if it's just, like, a casual slope. Yeah. But that's just, like, sand at the bottom. You could break your neck doing that. <laughs> No. And, and Janet looks like she almost broke her neck yeah. doing it. <laughs> Granted, she did sink the grappling hook yep. on the first try. But, again, this is a physical game. You could hurt yourself physically. That could mess your back up. The end of the challenge is a puzzle. Two seconds is very likely not going to make a difference. Try and preserve your body. Rule number one for immunity challenges, don't get hurt. Yep, yeah, and people have gotten hurt in the very first immunity challenge and had it affect their game. Been eliminated from the game. Yeah. They, they, we've had medical evacuation on the very first challenge. That's happened. Don't hurt yourself. Don't lose the game by doing something like this. Playing smart applies both in and outside of challenges. And we're not just talking about Janet here. They showed plenty. Yeah. I think Jamal went over face first. Vince, I think. I'm I watching think Vince, them. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was not great. But then, uh, so we get Janet. She's great with the grappling hook. Dean screws it up and has to swap out. And then on the puzzle... Jamal, Nora, and Molly nail it. Well, Dean, Chelsea, and Vince completely lose everything on the puzzle. So I, not, I, not a great look for Dean. I have no idea what they're trying to do here. They had it correct, and then they think that they putting it together the right way was actually the wrong way. I This was a terrible puzzle job by them. Yeah. So real bad first challenge for Dean, I think, especially. But Chelsea and Vince were bad, too. Send up the redemption story. And then we get in, finally get into the Island of the Idols. So they have to draw randomly. One person is from the Lyro tribe is going to the Island of Idols. And it ends up being Elizabeth, our Olympic swimmer. I think she's a swimmer. Yep. Yep. She will be going to Tribal Council, but first she's got to go to the Island of the Idols. And she gets there, and it's, it's Rob and Sandra. Rob and Sandra, they basically teach her how to make fire. Or Rob especially. And Rob is crazy good at it. And she, Sandra kind of walks her through it, and she, she makes it herself. And they offer a challenge for her. She can go up in a fire-making challenge against Boston Rob. If she wins, she gets an immunity idol she can lose for the next two tribals. If she loses, she loses her vote. But she doesn't have to do this. She can say no. She doesn't have to do the challenge and no, you know, no hmm. risk, no reward. She can back off. She agrees. Before we go anywhere, I know exactly what I would do. What would you guys do? Absolutely not. I back out of this. There's, there's no way, especially... I mean, I know how to make fire with flint. I've done it a bunch of times. Not to toot my own horn, but in seventh grade, I, I, I learned how to do this, and I made like six fires in a row in just a few seconds. Not to toot my own horn, but uh, I'm, toot, toot. Toot, toot. <laughs> I'm very good at making fire with flint. You're also humble. I am. But this is, this is one thing I'm actually good at. <laughs> I'm not very good at much, but this is one thing I am good at. And I would not do this, because it's up against Boston Rob, who is way more experienced than me. For someone who just learned how to make fire, absolutely not. This is a no from me, dog. And I know that there's some bias built into this because he hinted at there being a better deal out there. If he they... hinted in the confessional, though. I, I, I know, I know. But I'm just saying, like, our bias. You okay. know, did, did, did not hint to Elizabeth. Elizabeth had no clue. The idol had the power to give immunity for two tribals. Or you can use it for the next two tribals, yeah. rather. That's not worth it. 
Boston Rob is super experienced here. Why would you lose arguably what I believe to be the most important vote to survive in the game is the first vote where your tribe goes to tribal. Why would you sacrifice your vote going against someone who does this, who has done this? This is ridiculous. Yeah, you might be able to save yourself this time, but they're going to think, okay, what else did she learn at Island of the Idols? And that's only if she wins. Yep. This this is high risk, low reward in my opinion. My vote is my life at these first couple tribals, so I absolutely don't take this deal. Yeah, this is a stupid move. And Rob in Confessional reveals there could have been a better deal to be made. We don't really know what that is, but he he's like, yeah, she took the first deal. I offered a rookie mistake. Okay. <laughs> Basically. But even so, even without that, I mean, she shouldn't have done this. But she agrees, and of course she loses. And then Rob Shocker. proceeds to make fun of her. Like, what were you thinking? That was a terrible call. I lo- He just roasts her, and I was so for it. And once that happened, I'm like, okay, I might be okay with this twist. Okay, so this kind of brings me to just a general point about Island of the Idols. To me, it seems way too scripted. Uh, Very scripted. Because I, th- I think 95% of it was was scripted. And I'm, I'm talking about her reaction to it and her not knowing how to make fire. I doubt... I, I can't believe that she was that just amazed that they were teaching her how to make fire. I, I think she knew how to make fire going in, and she was told to do that. But I, I don't know. This is just me trying to like read her poor acting, potentially. But the 5% that wasn't scripted was the best part. So I really, really hope that it goes on after this episode of being as genuine as possible. I, what I want out of this is... They're teaching lessons. And what I really would like to see is all of these castaways learn, like, make a mistake and learn the lesson the hard way, and Rob and Sandra make fun of them. If that's what this whole thing is going to be, I'm on board. Because that's hilarious. So just, just one one big roast. Yeah. yeah, survivor roast. Not even survivor boot camp. Just, yeah. what are you doing? Hey, smart no. I liked what we got so far. My concern is, if we were going to have a 90-minute episode every single time, I'd be totally okay with this like it's oh just like additional survivor content that's cool uh but if we're going back to these 40 minute episodes how much are sandra and rob gonna eat up probably too much it can't be more than 10 minutes and i think that's already too much i think five let's go five max make it quick make it snappy make it funny and let's move on because even when we look back at like last season at edge of extinction that started to be too much like going through the season yep and then the last thing that happens so elizabeth loses her vote she doesn't get the idol but she does get to randomly select the next person to go to the uh, Island of the Idols. It's somebody from the opposite tribe, but we don't know who. They don't reveal it. But back on Lyro, Elaine, Vince, Chelsea, and Tom all talk about getting her to Ronnie. It's Elaine's idea. They think they can pick up Elizabeth and Missy and make that happen. Whereas Ronnie and Aaron are picking up people and they want to go after Elaine. So it's kind of becoming Elaine versus Ronnie at this point. Well, and Vince's name was also also thrown out. Yeah, and Vince's name is thrown out a little bit right at the end. Ronnie or Aaron ask, well, who would you get rid of? How about Vince? And Elaine's like, yeah, I'm done, totally on board with Vince. Anyone but me. Yeah, anyone but me, which is the right attitude. But basically what we're shown, it, we're not really shown much of the argument about Vince. It's basically Elaine versus Ronnie. Ultimately, at the vote, it's Elaine's not going to get any votes. So it's going to be Vince versus Ronnie. So let's put the three of these people on the block here and talk about these three. Who should go? I, I think Ronnie. But that's also me thinking, what would I do if I were on that tribe? If you've got someone who is the clear schemer and plotter, and you also have... I'm not going to you know, compare them to Dominic Wendell, but there was some clear chemistry between Aaron and Ronnie. 
break that up early. Get the schemer and plotter out of here. We don't need no Peter Baelish around here. At least we don't need someone who's so open about it. Because that is uncertainty. That is unpredictability. I know that it could be anyone. And other people are just hiding it better. If someone thinks that they're smarter than they actually are. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that's Ronnie. I'm just saying that's what the edit fed us, and I want that gone. I, I want that gone. Try and create some harmony to win some challenges to get a little bit further in the game, because like I said, first nine days are the most important to me. So, Ronnie. This is so much tougher than what it should be. Usually the first vote is honestly one of the most straightforward ones. Because it's just, yep, weakest player. But you have to think who's the weakest like what does weak actually mean weak in challenges okay now what does that even mean is it strength is it how smart you are with like with puzzles or anything i don't i don't think that elaine was actually that weak but one of the first things i noticed during the challenge is right away at the start i think she was at the front of her tribe and she was hustling yeah and i'm like okay okay elaine like she's probably not going to be like one of the strongest people out there but she's going to give it her her all she's going to give it a hundred a hundred percent the entire time because she's so passionate about the game so and and i think it came down to a little bit of convincing from what derek just said but i do like the idea of getting the schemer out of the way it goes against everything that i've ever really thought about the first vote but we can also mean just like taking down your tribe from the just from the inside yeah bad Uh, personality yeah because i mean the reason why you take someone out the first vote who's the weakest is to prevent yourself from losing more and more and more than as you go on someone who's like ronnie on your tribe can be that type of person who kind of just tears you down a little bit from the inside so I'm going to agree with Derek. I didn't think I was going to say that, but I'm going to agree with Derek on this. My personal philosophy is get rid of the weakest person who is not in your alliance. And what we have in this episode is we have an alliance between Elaine, Vince, and Tom. And then we have the women's alliance. So seven of the ten people shouldn't want to get rid of Elaine because they're in an alliance with her. So that immediately takes her off the board. And the best way I think I could figure is probably the women, if they talked about this, Elaine probably doesn't want to get rid of Vince because she's in alliance with him. Okay, great. So that leaves the three guys, really, I think, uh, on the board. That leaves Ronnie, Aaron, and Dean. Personally, I think Dean should have gone because Dean did the worst in the challenge. But he wasn't even mentioned for whatever reason. So let's take him off the board. That leaves Ronnie, Vince, and Elaine. Well, Elaine can't go because you got seven. Uh, Elaine is probably protecting Vince. Uh, Tom is protecting Vince. If Elaine's got all those women with her, they're not going to get rid of Vince. That leaves Ronnie. It seems like the only person who's in the alliance with Ronnie is, is Aaron. So I'm, I think Ronnie's a fine pick considering uh, on, on paper, I don't think he should have gone, but considering all the different alliances going on, I think Ronnie's fine. Aaron seems like he's stronger than Ronnie. Again, I think Dean probably should have gone here. And we might, there must have been something more we didn't see. But I think I can't hate the Ronnie vote. I think it's fine. Way to go, Dean, for being the chameleon. Yeah. But, yeah, so Ronnie goes home. But let's, let's visit one more thing. Elizabeth coming back from Island of the Idols. Oh, yeah. With yeah. the lie. Now, I'm not even going to let you guys talk first. I'm going to give my opinion. This was stupid. Just tell the truth. Just I, tell the truth. The truth I, will set you through sometimes. And, you know, I I understand where telling the whole truth and nothing but the truth will leave some people suspect. But I think, and you've got a whole boat ride to think about this, and you decide, oh, yep, broken urn, blah, blah, blah. You know that someone else on your tribe is going to Island of the Idols eventually. They are going to know that you lied, and you have now stepped into the crosswalk. 
with the next person driving the bus. Mm -hmm. This was a bad move. To me, a smarter thing would have been coming back and saying, Rob and Sandra are there. They are the idols. They offered me an advantage, but I had to make fire against Boston Rob, and I lost. So didn't get the advantage. Yep. That's a way more convincing story no. because it's true. No. Because it's crazy. Yep. And you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, Survivor doing something crazy in a giant twist. That makes sense. Even throwing the giant heads, like, there was this giant Sandra head. And there was this giant Rob head. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then they walked out of their own heads. It was insane. They're the idols. I, I think the truth does set you free here because I don't think anyone's going to believe that she beat Boston Rob in a fire-making challenge. There's nothing to gain from lying here. This is a bad move. I, th I think there's, like, one, one best-case scenario thing to gain here, but it's such a slim chance of actually happening, is that you go, and then someone else goes, and they come back, and they realize the lie that you told, and they decide to keep it going. That's a very small chance, because they could just blow it up right away, which is, for that second person, the correct move. Yep. But if they choose not to, and you just, like, sneak and talk to them, you can kind of, like have this lie together that and, it's, a and it's, it's a bold move and bold in this case is stupid yes i think it's the wrong move but that's the the only scenario where this works out for you i think the story if it even goes on that long is going to get blown up at yeah. the tribe swap anyway this was a stupid move uh one thing other thing i liked is rob and sandra secretly at tribal council and like commenting on it quietly which is really funny i was skeptical about it until sandra made a comment just like F no. Yeah. <laughs> Would you? Did you feel this bad about voting people out? Believe F no. <laughs> so it ends up being two votes for Vince, seven votes for Ronnie, and then Elizabeth doesn't get a vote. But nobody knows about that because they didn't need to read them all. So worked out for her pretty it, well. It worked out for her pretty well. We'll see how it goes next week. For three days, it worked out. So that's that's the episode. So pretty good episode, I thought. I was entertained by it. I'm on board. I like the cast. I'm on board for what we're getting so far. But the question is now. Who was the best player this episode? For me, best player doesn't necessarily mean the person who I think is going to win. Yes. It's just in this time. This round of play. I Since you lost a, a tribe member, I don't think you can pick anyone on Lyro. Just, that's just my thoughts. You okay. can have a different opinion. And since it seemed like it was pretty easy to make all the connections, I'm going to go with Tommy as being the best player of the episode. I think you could also give it to someone like Janet just because you would expect for her to maybe be on the outs right away and she'd put herself in a really good position, it seems like, for the first three days to just keep on lasting a little bit. But she still, kinda, she still has to make it through their first vote, so I'm still skeptical on how that's going to all play out. So I'm going to give it to Tommy. He seemed to make a lot of connections. Part of the winning tribe... Seems to be going all right for him. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, pick your honorable mention. I think Janet unquestionably played the best uh, or had the best first episode because I said at the beginning, if you're an older woman, you are at an inherent disadvantage in this game early on. And that's no disrespect to older women in this game. It's just if you've got a younger tribe that are more physical, more athletic, you're an easy vote off to try and increase the strength to make it three more days, which I think is the right mentality. But you showed, hey, I'm valuable. I can do this. Hey, look, I can perform at the challenge. I can do what I set out to do. So in terms of where she started, which I think, you know, on paper or in a picture, she's the first one voted off. And I don't think that that's the case anymore because we have Jason off looking for idols and Dan touching people without their permission, not in a, a mean way, but you know, making people uncomfortable. She's at least third from the bottom on this tribe. And on paper, I think she started at the bottom and now she here. Mm -hmm. So go Janet. 
Janet was one of the two I was considering. I very, I almost picked Janet, but I'm going to go with Elaine, and here's why. I really liked her read of Ronnie. She immediately is like, oh, this guy's full of crap. I got to get rid of him. She ended up getting rid of him. Not only that, she made an alliance with both Tom and Vince out the gate. Is also an alliance with all the women. She's people on both sides who are trying to protect her, you know. They, they, they are, they're coming together to save her because they like her. She's got a great social game. Not only that, she convinced Ronnie and Aaron to not target her and to go for Vince instead. She did something with them to convince them, yeah, I'm with you. You know, she she did really good considering she was basically targeted for almost no reason, maybe being a little too likable. So I, I was just really impressed overall with Elaine. So I think Elaine was the best player of the episode. I like the reasoning, but I, I do disagree. I think she let her paranoia get the best of her. I don't like begging and pleading to the people who are throwing your name out. That really put me off to Elaine's game. I like all the things you said were good. I think we're good. But acting paranoid and letting it dictate your decisions in front of other people in a very outward way, I think that's scary. I don't think it did, though. I think she was making it seem like she was letting it dictate her games. And by saying, I'll vote Vince. Yeah, I'll do whatever you guys want. I think she was completely full of crap. And ultimately, she did vote for Ronnie. I think she was just saying that. And honestly, even if she, like she wasn't full of crap, I think that's what you need to do in the first three yeah. days. Like, if you need to be desperate, you need to be desperate just to stay in right away. Yep. The thing that I don't really that I'm gonna kind of knock her for is that it's very very obvious that everybody knows how much of a social threat she is. Mm-hmm. So yes, she stuck around. Yes, she has a lot of alliances or at least connections, but everyone knows about it. There's no secret to her game. Uh, and yeah. I think that can be very troubling, maybe not in the immediate future for her, um, but it's it's definitely going to come up again. Yeah, I think if she makes the merge and later stage merge, she'll be a target. Yeah. People won't want to won't go to the end with her. How about worst player of the episode? I'm going to go with Aaron. I thought Jason was pretty bad because he went looking for the idol. Um, but I'm going to go with Aaron because he ultimately ended up on the wrong side of the vote. But he also pissed off Elaine because he was like so complimentary towards her. This is why we're voting you out. And he made an enemy with Elaine, and she didn't go home. Aaron's on the bottom. Like, he's the strongest-looking dude on the tribe, and he could very easily be next. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Aaron. I'm going to agree. It's Aaron, and I don't have anything else to add. I also have Aaron written down. For basically all the same reasons, he was the only one not with the vote. Uh, He was the only ally, it looked like, with Ronnie. Other than his strength, I think his strength is going to keep him around a little bit, but I don't think it's going to last much longer than that for him. I will throw out an honorable mention to Jason on the other tribe. A dishonorable mention. Dishonorable mention to Jason on the other tribe. The last thing I'll say about Aaron, because I guess I passed my torch really quickly, I don't think he played that poorly, but I do think that the way things shaked out, like I said before, sometimes inaction is the best thing you can do. Well, Elaine's action put you in a worse position and you didn't do anything to help yourself. He needed to lie to Elaine when confronted by her and he's like, well, here's what's going on. He needed to either say nothing or just pass the blame to somebody else. He's like, I don't know. I was just told to vote you. I mean, if you want, this is what Aaron should have done. Yeah, I was just told to vote you. If you have a better plan, I'm all ears. Like, I still want it to be me. You know, that's what Aaron needed to do and he screwed up by being too honest. Yeah, I don't know if he thought that he was in control or or what, but first episode, man. (laughs) So, winner picks. We all got to pick winner picks. No restrictions. We can all pick the same if it ends up being that way. Does everyone have theirs written down so that we know for sure that no one's copying each other? Uh, I'll write mine down right here. Yeah, give me one moment. So we all have our winner picks written down. Josh? This is tough. 
I actually ended up having it narrowed down to five people. And then I had it narrowed down to two people. And just because I don't want to influence your decisions with anything, I'm not even going to say who the second person was. Sneaky, sneaky. And it's actually kind of ironic because I prepped my best player of the episode with saying just because they're the best player of the episode does not mean I think that they're going to win. But my winner pick is still Tommy. Okay. He's my best player of the episode and I think he is subtle enough in his strengths to really have the long-term play here for the season. Now we're looking after just one episode, so... It was so much. You're probably wrong. Here. Don't worry about I'm it. I'm probably wrong, but I I have a good feeling about him. I'm gonna go ahead and take a, a different approach for my winner pick. I'm gonna go with Elaine. Okay. And I'm picking Elaine because of the way the edit drew exactly what she said about how she figured out Ronnie with her gut to exactly what Boston Rob told Elizabeth on her way off the island because this season is all about painting Sandra and Rob as the authorities on Survivor. And I think they're going to want to tie that back. So if you, on the rewatch, want something else to catch, this is something you can catch. So I'm going to buy into the editology, and I'm going to say Elaine. I respect the decision. I'm going to agree with Josh. Go Tommy. Hey! Uh, I just, Tommy, it's such a good edit, and the way he plays, socially connecting with everybody, being a nice person, getting people to come to him, all very important elements playing a game, kind of how I would like to play if I was on Survivor. So I definitely think Tommy. Uh, though I did like Elaine, I did really like Janet, um, and I love Chelsea. Mostly just because of what she said about, oh no, Island of Idols, terrible. Uh, I'm going to go with Tommy. So so closing feelings on the episode, guys, really quickly. I'm I'm excited. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's get on to next week. Let's see what Island of the Idols has in store for us. Let's get some more funny and uh, clever quips from Rob and Sandra. Please. And uh, no edge of extinction. No edge of extinction. Stay far away from that. Uh, So you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CastawayPod or CastawayPod on Instagram. Spelt exactly how you would think. Yep. And if you agree or disagree with anything that we've had to say or share, uh, let us know in a comment and a direct message. Um, if we like what we see, we'll give you a shout out in the next podcast. But yeah, we want to know your thoughts too. Because, yeah. So let us know. Let yeah. us know if you think we're way off base or you think that Ryan's crazy like we do. Also, let us know if there's anything that uh, you'd like to see us do uh, differently or if it's uh, hard to understand or anything. As you can obviously tell, this is the first episode listed on our podcast. So uh, if any feedback is appreciated as long as it's constructive. Yes, don't just hate, please. <laughs> uh, be nice people. Yeah, that's pretty much it. This has been the Castaway Consultants, and we got nothing else for you. Good night. Good night.